With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the wondering why everyone was so mean to him, to Tony Kukoc. Eric, how's it going? Listen, I came from a war-torn country, and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were so mean. (laughs) I love that Tony is, in the Last Dance documentary, just laid back in his chair and then even Zach Lowe in his podcast is like, they better make Tony Kukoc more than just the guy that got picked on and then was okay. Because he's a legitimate baller. That's what I don't understand is that, like, he was their third best scorer in the second three-peat. And everyone's talking to him like he was a sixth man or something. Much like Manu Ginobili, though he was the sixth man, he wasn't the sixth most important man. Right. Or like Lou Williams. Like, you wouldn't be like, ah, Lou Williams, you know, the sixth man. <laughs> Anyway, this is too basketball-y, and we need to get more silly and goof-ridden in true horse fashion. But before we get on to the silliness, we have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of in a a little area of our quarantine lockdown home that we're both trapped in called the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Thankfully, it's portable, and thankfully, Teal's okay. (laughs) I like the new idea that it's like uh, a cube you can just press a button on, and then all of a sudden you're in a locker room. Yeah, it's 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 like one of those pods that you can get uh, delivered back and forth. Or it's like in the airport, you could just like scan something and then you walk in and all of a sudden you're in a spa. Or it's like a Monster's Inc. door where it just kind of turns into the room you need it. Or it's like the room of requirement. Oh, Harry Potter reference, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so you know who is always there when you need it, much like the uh, Tia Memorial locker room? This is going to be really good for our ad as well, but it's our patrons. It is our patrons. We have two new patrons to welcome to the team, Andrew Wee and Jordy Wright. Hello! And of course, much love to our existing producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge, I Worked with Eric's Dad, Shooby Dooby Doo, I Am Adam Silver, Godzilla Got Busy, Wouter Vandermaiden, Madeline Heising, So Slam Chops, Steph Curry for three, Siobhan Ellsbury, Kendra Hadley, He Sells, She Sells, Eileen Gazesh, and Catherine Lee. You guys go on Goat or StockX or any other sneaker reselling app, and you always find the sneakers that you want, and they're at a reasonable price, regardless of what uh, documentary is on them. I'd inflate said price. Oh, have Jordan prices been truly inflated because of the doc? Yeah, they've been bumping. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Jordan Liggins even tweeted when the first episode was out that 15 minutes in, she wants to buy all of the Jordan clothes. It's the best like marketing, shopping, advertisement documentary ever. I've been looking at so many Jordan ones, and I'm like, I know this is just from the media, but I want one so bad. Yeah, I can understand. I more am impressed with how fresh the warm-ups that they wore in the 90s were. The little things with the stitched-on Chicago little vests-looking thing, they're all super dope. I thought you were going to say the suits that Michael Jordan wears. Mm, Not as fresh. (laughs) Not as fresh. Sorry, you don't love super baggy suits? That's not your thing? I know fashion is fashion, and I know baggy stuff is kind of coming back, but I don't get the appeal of looking like you are swimming in your clothes. I don't understand. Listen, your suit can also count as a flotation device, and that's why Michael Jordan needs it, just in case he needs to jump into a river and escape. You know, makes sense. It does make sense. You know who also could help you if you needed to jump into a river? Maybe? (laughs) I definitely am depending on them no matter what happens. It's backblaze. It's backblaze. They actually could help because if you had your laptop in your backpack and then you jumped into a river, you could be screwed unless you had backblaze. I made this segue work. There so it is. backblaze is unlimited computer backups for your Mac or your PC, and it only costs $6 a month. I have used backblaze successfully, and it saved me from a very scary laptop repair that I needed to have done. So I appreciate them. It's very simple. 
just kind of install an app and it does it in the background of your computer, which is really nice because then you don't have to remember, oh, I should probably plug in my external hard drive and stuff. It's just constantly going. Backblaze is what we back up everything in the Multi Studio, so you know that all of our good, good jokes about Michael Jordan in big suits, it's going to be held on to. And if you ever need to get your backed up data, you can either do a digital download or they'll send you a physical copy. They can send you a hard drive to plug into your computer to fully restore it. And we and Multitude are not the only people that have done it. A lot of people have done it. There's over 50 billion files backed up on their servers, which totals to over 1 billion gigabytes of data, which is a whole heck of a lot, let me tell ya. That is a lot. That's a lot of bytes. So if you want to join all of these happy and satisfied people that are very easily and very safely backing up their data, you can give Backblaze a 15-day free trial as a horse listener if you go to backblaze.com slash horse. So you can sign up, check it out, see how you like it before you only have to pay $6 a month, which is very cheap for the peace of mind that Backblaze gives you. And you can start that 15-day free trial today at backblaze.com slash horse. Awesome. Thanks, Backblaze. Thanks. So, Eric, we are mostly completed in the Teal Memorial locker room, except that we need to explain why this episode is special. Ooh. Well, Passover's over, so this episode is different from all other episodes, but not because of that particular Jewish holiday. Uh, <laughs> this one is special because it's a live show extravaganza. We have two live shows from La La Land, the City of Angels, Los Angeles, to show you that we've been holding on to since wintertime, and we want to share with you now. What was great is that when we originally had these recordings, we said, oh, this will be perfect for if there's ever a time when we're incredibly busy or if we're on tour or something. And now it's the opposite where, hmm, basketball hasn't happened in a very long time. Let's post those live shows. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm so glad that we have this just in case something catastrophic happens. I said, not knowing what would happen next. <laughs> so we have clips from two separate live shows, the first of which is from the opener for Potterless Live in Los Angeles, where we did a three-on-three -three with me discussing the three best Los Angeles Clipper moments and Eric getting very specific because he had to talk about the Lakers, so the only way he could make that palatable for himself <laughs> was to discuss the three roles for former Laker Rick Fox that he was too handsome and thoughtful for. Listen, you put me in a box. No one puts me in a corner where I have to talk about the Lakers. No one does it. So that's the first live show you'll hear. And then the second one is from our appearance at Podstar Weekend, where a bunch of basketball podcasts did a live show in L.A. And our segment was another three-on-three, -three, but we both discussed NBA stories involving airplanes. Since we were the only people that had to fly to the event, we thought it would be fun. Just a small note on that one. There was not really a microphone in the audience, so people were laughing and we were doing a good job. <laughs> yes, I would highly recommend just putting on a YouTube laugh track video in the background to really feel like you were in the room because there were lots of laughter, just not microphones near the people laughing. <laughs> You're going to get the Clippers and Lakers live show from our uh, Horse Potterless show. And then next you're going to get the Podstar Weekend show where we're talking about airplanes. And don't worry, it will be divided by our special, incredibly good chimes. We recently got an iTunes review, four to five stars, that someone loves the show, but they hate the one, two, three, three, two, one, three on three. So they docked us a star. You really got to stand your ground and tell them that you hate the one, two, three, three, two, one, three on three, man. I hate this robotic voice that lasts 1.7 seconds. <laughs> Listen, that's why I use the chimes in the last one when we have like two things that are kind of like silly. So I wouldn't just play the one, two, three, two times. I play the that actually happened chimes once and then I do the that actually happened chimes, but then they're in reverse. I hope we get a 10 star review to counterbalance it. And someone goes, <laughs> I love the chimes so much. The reverse <laughs> chimes are so good. Real talk, though, review the show on iTunes. Uh, we've never told anyone to do that ever. So if you want to do that, that'd be dope. You guys are all doing a good job. Apple podcast reviews don't actually do anything other than just, like, <laughs> looking nice. So if you want to, I guess. <laughs> I need to not do that. Yes, I'm going to work. Sup, nerds? It's basketball! Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm here joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the getting his shit stuffed by Quavo to common in the NBA celebrity all-star game that happened a couple hours ago, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? 
I appreciate the applause because that was not a nice thing you said. <laughs> I just know you appreciate people dunking on Common. Do you <laughs> yes, think I he do. said like, no, senora? Oh, okay. For those of you who have not seen John Wick 2, first of all, go to that, yeah. then come back. Yeah, I won't be offended. <laughs> but, but there is a part where Common is Italian and is like an Italian woman's bodyguard and she asks him to go do something and he goes, si signora, <laughs> in the worst Italian accent. And much like Cummins' verse in Make Her Say by Kid Cudi, it's bad. <laughs> Great reference. I'll never forget him for ruining that song. I can forgive him for, I can't forgive him for a lot of things. Well, as si you, signora. <laughs> as you can tell, we're a basketball podcast. Um, <laughs> So by being here in Los Angeles, we were going to do a very special Los Angeles-based edition of Three on Three, which is our favorite fun little segment where we go head to head. That's true. Oh wait, Mike, I have breaking yes, news. You told me. <laughs> breaking news. Uh huh. The Celebrity All Star Game happened today. Yes. And Guy Fieri was a coach. Yes, he was. He's an, he's an assistant he coach. He was an assistant coach. Stephen A. Smith, I believe. Which is just as good. Stephen A. Smith. Who those of you who don't know, he's like a muppet who's always screaming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's pretty, I'm actually pretty much just like that. a constantly like my my my. That's not even the best part, Mike. I did want to tell you two things that happened in the All Star Game while you were preparing. Well, why are you talking to Mike Schubert from Potterless and right, coordinating? Right. He's backstage. They're different people. <laughs> so the first thing I want to tell you about your new favorite NBA player, Darius Miles. I love Darius Miles. Uh, for those of you who don't listen to Horse for the Christmas season, I got Mike a cameo video of Darius Miles, who is a retired NBA player, and he said. Hey, Mike, this is Darius Miles. I, I got a real sneaking suspicion that the Knicks are going to do better soon. And then they fired their bad coach and hired a good coach, so Darius Miles is correct. It's true, it's correct. So uh, it turns out Darius Miles also played in the Celebrity All-Star Game, and they mic'd him up. So here's oh, some quotes good. from Darius Miles. Oh, this is like a, a three-on-three junior. Okay, cool, cool, like, cool. Three on yes, three. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so the first quote that they had, uh, when they asked him how he felt out there, he said... Fat as hell! <laughs> you love to hear it. And another time, I guess he was just mic'd up and he was playing and he's like, Oof, I'm tired as hell! <laughs> and finally, when Darius Miles blocked a shot, he said, Eat that shit up! <laughs> Again, this is live <laughs> on ESPN. But I have, Mike, I do also want to run by the the rules of the Celebrity All-Star Game. Oh, they did funky rules for that one, too? There are some funky rules. Now, I did not watch because I was talking to you and I was here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but here are just some rules that happened. Before the game, they have something called a tissue pull. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Can you tell me what a tissue pull might be? Yeah. They pulled it, and apparently the winner of the tissue pool got possession to start the game. I would hope that it would be a race between two people with a box of Kleenex each, and then you have to pull all of them. <laughs> I would assume the kids are doing it these days on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Quavo on one side, Chance the Rapper on the other side. <laughs> I love my wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second one, there was a Ruffles-branded cornhole. Yes. So in the middle, they just started playing cornhole, and the, yes. win the, one the winner got four points, and the opponent lost four points. I love it. Like an Every eight, game gives An eight-point swing yeah. because you didn't go to a state college. Yes, love it. I need it. <laughs> uh, the second quarter, they played something called Windy City. Mm -hmm. I also don't know what that means. They are in Chicago. It is beer pong, but every time they throw it, someone is by the side of the table and they go... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Welcome to the Windy City. <laughs> this isn't about the wind. It's about the politics. Population ah. B. Uh, and apparently the winner got possession at a 5-4 power play for a minute and 30. Oh. Which is not a thing that happens in basketball. No, but I like it. Uh, finally, in the third quarter, there was arcade basketball. and they <laughs> Like uh, Papa Shot? Yeah, like Papa Shot. The right. winner gets possession and an NBA legend for a third quarter. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they had like 80-year-old Bill Russell just hanging up and be like, Oh, I'm ready to be a part of the team. <laughs> That's what Bill Russell sounds like. I just got to put in my dentures first. It's like, are they, do they just have an old guy sitting on the, on the side just in case they need someone to win? I hope so. I hope so, too. And finally, it, what, Windy City is not Flip Cup because they actually played Flip Cup. Oh, I said it was Beer Pong, so. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, they played Flip Cup. And the head coach went to a penalty area for a minute 30. I don't know who it was, but if I guess... If it wasn't Stephen A. Smith, I will be so upset. Yeah. <laughs> Guy Fieri's in there, and he's like, I want to go back to Flavortown! <laughs> well, or if it was Stephen A. Smith, then Guy Fieri, assistant coach, becomes head coach, and he's like, all right, guys, on this one, just take him to Flavortown! <laughs> Hit him with the cheesy blasters! Just take a big bite of a three-pointer! <laughs> 
throw it in its trash can. That's what I do with all my food. Spray paints his sunglasses and signs his name on the court. That sounds good. So for the three on three segment that we have prepared, we are doing the three favorite and the three also favorite things about the two Los Angeles teams that play basketball here. That would be the Clippers and the Lakers. Neither of which team names make sense because there's no lakes and Los Angeles is not a port town. <laughs> so I will be discussing the Clippers. Eric will be discussing the Lakers. Because Mike hates me and I don't know why he let me do that. I just thought it would be fun for you to have to talk about your most hated team. Great. <laughs> so we'll always, as always, we'll do rock, paper, scissors to determine who goes first. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ha-ha! Got him. Go first. Bang, bang. All right, I'm going to go first. Now, Mike, you did force me to do things that I did not want to do. Now, we already talked about Shaquille O'Neal way too much on this show. Impossible. The limit does not exist. <laughs> so instead, I decided to choose a different player who really fascinated me. And the player that I remember the most from the 2000s when I was growing was uh, the player Rick Fox. Good, yes. Now, for those of you who don't know, Rick Fox is incredibly attractive. <laughs> <laughs> He's so... He's so attractive. He's he, yeah, he's just so hot. He, he's hot. he dated Vanessa Williams for a really long time. Mm -hmm. He just like dated a string of models, and then he became an actor. And he's like actually pretty good. Like he was acting while he was playing, and he's acting afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I chose three roles that Rick Fox was much too attractive and thoughtful for. Nice, good, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Also, it's good to know that Rick Fox, uh, if you have watched the Seven Days Out series on Netflix, Rick Fox plays a big part of a League of Legends tournament. Okay. He owns a, a League of Legends esports team. It's called Echo Fox. <laughs> is this in real life or in the context of the show? Oh no, in real life. Good. That is a real life thing that Mr. Rick Fox is doing. Good for Mr. Fox. It's like he, he wanted to bond with his son and now he's like, I'm in the, I'm in the Matrix. <laughs> but back to fake Rick Fox. There's a role that he always plays, and he's way too attractive for this in Velvet Forest. Uh, he always played a retired basketball player. I mean, true to form. I guess, but like he's an actually like good actor, and he's like, hey, uh, Rick, I don't know if you can really connect with this, but can you be the thing that you are? <laughs> Yes, I will definitely take those roles. Uh, so Rick Fox did this while he was a player the most. He was in the film Blue Chips. He just played as a part of the Western University basketball team. For those of you who don't know, Blue Chips was when Shaquille O'Neal played as an actor, and he was just, like, from the bayou, and that's his entire character. And he was the main character. That's pretty good. Uh, in 96, he played the role of Terry Hastings in the film Eddie, where he was a slumping basketball player who receives help from a fan, Eddie was played by Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> Eddie is a quality film where Whoopi Goldberg coaches the New York Knickerbockers. <laughs> it's very good. Um, his biggest role was in 1997, though, where he played Jackson Vahieu on the HBO prison drama Oz. Oh. So even he's in prison, but he's still a basketball player. Look, it's you like, can take the, the man out of the NBA, but you can't take the NBA out of the man. It's just wild because he's playing these really emotional roles. At one point he goes in, his character is like accused of sexual assault. That's why he's in prison. He gets a drug addiction. He gets really into it. But then at all these points, the guys on us are like, hey, Rick, can you just like shoot hoops in the scenes? <laughs> it's like, hey, your character arc doesn't even matter. No. Um, in his final appearance on the show, he's paroled early and he comes back to the prison to play. And one of the guards then challenges him to a basketball game and he wins. So then he denies the guard tickets or backstage access to one of his games. And the officer snaps and tries to kill him in practice. And then the officer is thrown in jail. <laughs> but don't worry, you're still a basketball player, though. No. Great. Um, the final quote is from in 1999, ESPN quoted Fox while he was still playing on the Lakers. So he's on the Lakers, he's at Staples Center. And he says, you know, uh, I mean, Penny Marshall is courtside. You got Jack Nicholson and Denzel. Ali McBeal creator <laughs> David E. Kelly is there. And sometimes he comes to games. You know, I just want to jump into conversations with them. But I'm working. <laughs> I'm playing basketball, so I can't make deals. It's a tough life. Man. I know. So Rick, Rick Fox is trying to hustle so hard, but he can't get out of play a retired basketball player. Nice. There you go. Thank you. Okay. So I have... Three stories about the Clippers. I have two pretty quick ones, because my last one, my number one, is quite lengthy. All right, let's go. So this number three story is about Blake Griffin, who used to be a Los Angeles Clipper. He signed this big five-year contract where they made this whole big deal about it, where you're like, you're going to be a Clipper for life. And then four months later, they traded him to the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this past offseason, uh, Blake Griffin in Detroit, as a member of the Detroit Pistons, was trying to recruit some players to join his squad and some past friends. So he tried to get Jeff Green, who was his teammate on the Clippers. And here's what he said about it. He said, quote, I texted him and literally, I think like 30 minutes later, it said, Jeff Green assigned with the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Blake goes on to say, I was like, all right. <laughs> the best thing about it though is that Jeff Green signed a one-year deal with the Jazz for the minimum amount of money so he didn't even try to text Blake to be like, hey, would the Pistons give me more money than their legal minimum of the league? And he was just like, man, fuck Detroit, I'm out of here. It's like, oh no, Blake Griffin found me, I need to sign. And then he I need to out. go sign and live in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> What was he trying to do to recruit them? Like, hey, remember Eminem? He was there. That's all the things I can think about. <laughs> remember Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, not Chicago. Remember how Cameron wore a Detroit Red Wings jersey? They play in Detroit. Play on the Pistons. <laughs> Sometimes they throw an octopus onto the ice. It is very fun. Our team is named after part of a car. Get it? Detroit. <laughs> For those of you at home, Mike just <laughs> whipped. I want everyone to have that experience because I had to endure it and it was it was terrible alright let's move on to Rick Fox's second role that he is way too attractive okay. and awful for playing Rick Fox okay. I hope it happened more than once it did alright so here are all the ones I could come up with um, in 2008-2009, he had a reoccurring role as a fictionalized version of himself on the BET comedy-slash-drama television series, The Game, and also he returned to reprise his role in the 2012 season finale. All right. I did not ask what game was the television show. I'm sure it was Tic-Tac-Toe. <laughs> and then he came back in 2012 and be like, I'm ready for a rematch. I'm Rick Fox. Mm -hmm. um, the most recognizable time that he played himself within 2009, he was on the comedy party down where he was just like an attractive person for one of the actresses to hook up with cool. and everyone's like oh man rick fox is there i swear to god there are like 10 jokes about how big his penis is <laughs> it's like all right party down right all right party around writing crew i guess like you didn't really think that much out of the box you're just like an attractive man definitely has a big penis mm -hmm. <laughs> he was also on a show called herman the monkey i did not look into that okay <laughs> Because it would have made this opening act too long. It's true. Yeah, it would have been would've a whole, been, I would have had to like- We would have had to watch the whole show. I would have had to have a visual oh, yeah, aid. It would have been a whole thing. The most wild part is that he played himself, Rick Fox, uh -huh. four separate times in Jake and Amir videos. So I know Amir is a huge Lakers fan. He is. He was on our show. Yes, he and, was. Which is, I guess, how he had it. This is like college humor, like in 2007. Right. So I'm just like, why did Rick Fox want to do this? Especially because he played himself who was a sports bookie to Amir, and he was very, very into eating eggs. That was the running joke over four, four full online videos. At one, at one point he says, I'll tell you what Rick Fox isn't doing here, eating 144 delicious hard-boiled eggs. All right. All right. So, I Rick mean, Fox. like, if I was Rick Fox, I would probably go towards the, uh, television series that said my penis was large. Mm -hmm. But you know, if he wants to do online videos about eggs, that's up to him. But I think he's more attractive and thoughtful for that. I agree, yeah. I agree. And that's just too much cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> so my second story is about Clippers coach Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a, a coach who used to be a player in the NBA, he's very good. Um, he sounds like when you lose your voice and it's the worst day of it, but that's his voice on his best day. <laughs> like just listen to anything of Doc Rivers talking to him, he's like, yeah, the guys are out there just playing. And, um, you know, Harden's put up a lot of points, but we're doing our best. Like, that's how it always sounds. He sounds like a, the guy in a blues song who's always having bad things happening to him. Mm -hmm. He's that guy. Like, he met Robert Johnson at the crossroads and the devil took his voice. Yeah, so just always, always sounds like it's gone. But this is a story from a couple years back when the Clippers were playing the Warriors in the playoffs. Doc says, quote, Shout out to the San Francisco person at the corner today. Uh, this is at the end of one of his news conferences. He said, I was walking down the street. It's a true story. I like that he clarifies that. Wait, 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 wait. You were walking? What? <laughs> the LA media is just like, oh wait, let me write this down. <laughs> I was walking down the street, it's a true story. I reached in my pocket to grab my phone and unbeknownst to me, I dropped about two grand, $2,000. On the floor, on the street. Kept walking, didn't know. The guy tapped me on the back and said, that's your money. <laughs> 
Doc went on to say that he would have given the guy free tickets to the game, but he just gave him his money and went away. But a couple questions. Why are you carrying $2,000 on you, Doc Rivers? Sorry, can I just check with our fact checkers in the back? Hey, Schneider, is $2,000 a lot of money? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. He's, why are you carrying $2,000 with you in the year 2018? <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2018. What? Also, if you're carrying $2,000, how do you not notice that you drop it? Because unless he had $1,000 bills, that's a lot of paper that's in there. Like, that's a lot if it's made up of 100s. So I don't know how you carry that much money, drop that much money without knowing, and also the other guy, shout out to him for not just like taking it, be like, here's the $1,800 you dropped, <laughs> Doc Rivers. I'm gonna I, see you later. I have two separate jokes. One, <laughs> Doc Rivers went through the crossroads, met with Robert Johnson, met the devil, and the devil said, you can have $1,000 bills. Okay. That's what he got in exchange. Right. Here's the other joke. Uh, I want to know about the other guy who didn't take the money. He's like, wow, I was walking down the street. True story. <laughs> <laughs> and Doc Rivers was there, and just like money was pouring out of him like a fountain. <laughs> and then the angel on my shoulder was like, you should give that money back. And the devil on the shoulder was like, no, I stole his voice. And that See the kid? All right, I'm just going to go. And that boy, Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> and that boy grew up to be Bill Gates. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry, I was dancing too much in my phone target. All right, and my final role for Rick Fox is I feel like this is a rite of passage. I feel like after this, he really got to his acting peak. In 2011, Rick Fox had a role on The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Are you upset with me? Yeah, this show's so fucking bad. It is bad. I don't want to know more about it. I was rolling, I was scrolling through his IMDb and I'm like, oh, Rick. Oh, no. You're too attractive and nice for this. He thought so hard. Here's the thing, because this is the thoughtful, I guess he can, he doesn't have to think too much if he's playing himself. He doesn't have to think too much if he's playing a retired version of himself, even if he goes to, to jail <laughs> and he gets shanked at one point. But here's what happened. He thought about this so hard. All right, so Fox played the role of Bernadette's ex-boyfriend, Glenn, in the Bing Bang Theory episode, The Love Car Displacement. Now, who is Bernadette? I don't know, but this person definitely knows who Bernadette is. <laughs> All right, after the show, tell me who all these characters are. I literally was looking through and I'm like, who the fuck is Howard? I don't care. I'm gonna say the one with bad hair. Yeah, he's the one with bad hair. He's the smart one who makes jokes about being smart. No, 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 he just says long words and then the laugh track goes, ha 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 ha, a long word. <laughs> All right, Mike, I do need to summarize yes, this. Please, episode, yes, sorry. so we can stop uh, talking about it. At the hotel check-in, Bernadette spots Glenn, Rick Fox, her former college professor and ex-boyfriend. Okay. Excuse me, Bernadette. <laughs> well, that's fine. Howard feels intimidated by Glenn, who is tall and attractive. Yes. That was in the Wikipedia page. Didn't, yeah. I did not write I mean, that. Yep. Howard, insecure, obviously, obviously it's complains that he is useless and can't make any kind of sexual impact in her life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bernadette tries to coax him into feeling better, but Howard makes a comment implying that Glenn is too hot for Bernadette. After realizing how bad his comment sounds, he tries to recover by saying that Bernadette is too hot for a guy like Glenn, but this only makes things worse, and Bernadette decides to stay with Amy and Penny in their room. I do not know who Amy and Penny are. <laughs> Penny is Kaylee Quo Quo. Um, here's what, how the end of the episode ends, because I just kind of skipped forward, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. Mm -hmm. The episode ends with a police car in pursuit of Leonard, as bothered by Penny, going home with Glenn. He is speeding. <laughs> okay. The police just show up. Now, here's the thoughtful part. In an article about his appearance, TV Guide quoted Fox as saying about his role, it's on Glenn's head now. How am I losing to this guy? He's smarter than me. I love that they turned the threatening X on its ear. At the end of the day, I'm more insecurity about my intellect and I'm constantly fighting to be accepted intellectually and be seen for more than my looks and my size. I want to appear intelligent and prove my intelligence. That's why I'm battling with him. Why did Rick Fox become a surfer halfway through that quote? <laughs> <laughs> 
You started off normal voice and then you were like, I'm just trying to catch the wave of the show. <laughs> he said intelligence so many times and I'm like, oh, intelligence, bro. But it's just like, you thought too much about this Big Bang Theory. You know yeah. who didn't think about this? The no, writers, the other actors, the directors, the audience, the <laughs> network. But Rick Fox is like, yeah, I really got to get into Glenn's head. Like, why is Bazinga? <laughs> Inside the actor's studio with Rick Fox. So, the final story that I have about the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm ready. Funny enough, this always seems to happen when we do stuff. It stars our good friend, Darius Miles. Dar <laughs> so, Mike, this is Darius Miles. This is from a Players' Tribune article. The Players' Tribune is a website where athletes write stories about themselves. Um, started by Derek Jeter from My Beloved New York Yankees. Darius Miles wrote a story called, What the Hell Happened to Darius Miles? <laughs> by Darius Miles. <laughs> Well, he's obviously now into new age media. <laughs> yeah, this is very lengthy. I highly recommend everyone read the full thing, but I just have a key excerpt of it. And he, this particular portion of the article was prefaced with, I'm about to tell you how I almost died at Alonzo Mourning's crib in the year 2000 on some dumb shit. <laughs> Everything I will be reading is a direct quote from Darius Miles who wrote it with his own fingers. Picture this, I'm 18 years old. I just got drafted by the Clippers. Just got drafted by the Clippers with my boy Q. That's Quentin Richardson, my OG from way back. And then Quentin Richardson is the editor's note throughout the rest of this article. <laughs> so when Darius Miles like gets too ridiculous with the story, editor Q will be like, Darius, come on. So I Because Doc Rivers come in and says, true story. <laughs> so Darius goes on to say, they messed around and gave us millions of dollars and put us in Los Angeles, of all places. Only Donald <laughs> Sterling could have been wild enough to sign off on that. Right after the draft, I'm on a private plane to LA with Q, and we're just looking at one another like, bruh, bruh, we're on a PJ. <laughs> private jet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, did, did anyone else clarify PJ, or you are clarifying PJ? I am clarifying PJ. Oh, so he just left PJ yes, in there? Yes, yes, Yo, me and my best friend Q, we were just hanging out, eating s'mores in our PJs. I also used... I also used context clues in that earlier in the sentence. He said, private plane to LA. Oh, okay. Reading comprehension on the SAT. Max, Mike, did you take Latin in high school? You've never told me about it. I did. Don't cheer for that. This was not a question of vocabulary, though, so my Latin schooling, not necessary. But it'll come into play later. So, uh, he talks about how they were in LA when they are really excited, but they were 18 years old, so they couldn't go to bars and stuff. So he goes on to say, we were mostly playing PlayStation and doing dumb stuff. Then about a month later, we finally got our moment. Alonzo Mourning invites us down to Miami for Zoe's Summer Groove. Now, Alonzo Mourning was a really solid player for the Miami Heat, and this Zoe's Summer Groove was a week-long thing where during the day, pro NBA players would put on like camps for kids, and then at night, they just party at Alonzo Mourning's house for a whole week. I will say, Zoe's Summer Groove is also the playlist that I put together every June. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of Lizzo on it. Because get it, because Lizzo. Yeah, yes. you got it. So, Darius goes on to say, first day, we're doing some basketball camps for the kids, and I go to bed that night feeling a little bit sick. Achy, you know? Then I wake up the next morning, and I'm dying. I got these spots all over me. So I go to see Zoe's doctor, and at first, he didn't even know what it was. Then he goes, you ever had the chicken pox? And I'm like, chicken pox? And he's like, son, you got adult chicken pox. And I'm like, adult chicken pox? That was in italics. Can you believe this? I come down with adult fucking chicken pox at Zoe's Summer Groove. I mean, honestly? And then four dot dot dots. <laughs> what? Why did the doctor need to tell him adult chicken pox? Would it, not have, would it not have gotten across if he just said chicken pox? He's like, specifying. no, no, this has big wings. Being specific, baby. So he goes on, he says, man, Q is running around South Beach with these boys, and I'm sitting in the tub taking oatmeal baths and shit. And the worst part is that he'd come back to check on me and I'd be laid up in bed with a big ass ice pack on my forehead and he'd come running into the room like a little kid. He was having the time of his life. So he said he like called his mom, he was very upset about it, but then he goes on saying, but a couple days later, I got better. I was back on my feet again. So it was cool. We got to hang out at Zoe's house and Zoe's the man. Zoe's the best guy on earth. Zoe being Zoe, he's like, you guys should go out on Wave Runners. And I'm like, Wave Runners? And Zoe's like, Wave Runners, you know, jet skis. <laughs> There's something even better about this, the fact that like Alonzo Morty's like seven feet tall. Mm -hmm. So like a giant is coming down being like, you guys want to hang out on some jet skis? And I'm like, no, I have my magic beans are fine. Thank you, Alonzo. 
Darius goes on to say, now what you gotta know is there were all these boats stocked in the marina, but one of them was real low in the water, like a speedboat or something. You could barely see it. There was this little red flag sticking out of the water. And before we went out, I remember Zoe saying something about the little red flag. Watch out for that little red flag and such and such. <laughs> but now we're out in the water. <laughs> That's what we in the biz call a foreshadowing. <laughs> But now we're out in the water and the sun is shining and we're flying around. Bro, the last thing I saw was that little red flag. Then I was in the air. <laughs> I hit the edge of that boat with the jet ski and I flipped. I'm talking flip that bitch. Now I'm upside down, flying through the air and I can see newspapers flashing in my mind like NBA rookie dives in a damn jet ski accident in South Beach. So I'm like, nah, I did not survive 18 years of my life in East St. Louis to drown in Alonzo Mourning's damn marina. We're not going out like that. So I do a little tuck and roll or whatever, and I hit the water. Ploosh, ploosh is what he wrote. Can you, can you spell that? P-L-O-O-S-H, ploosh. Thank you. Ploosh, go under. Now, you might not know this about me, but I can really swim. I'm like that black Michael Phelps. <laughs> no problem. But the thing about me is, I don't do ocean water. Too murky, man. If I can't see underneath me, I'm out. So I, so I pop my head up out the water, and I'm treading, but I'm feeling this seaweed touching my foot. This creepy-ass seaweed. And I'm not having that. I'm yelling at you like, bruh, come get me. Yo, come get me. And here's the only editor's note that I've included, but it will conclude this story. Editor's note, this is from Quentin Richardson. He goes, this man is like, Q, help me, help me. The seaweed is touching me, bro, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so I come flying over there to rescue my boy on some Baywatch shit. Nice. We get him up out the water and away from the seaweeds and we ride out. <laughs> and that is oh, what God. the hell happened to Darius Miles by Darius Miles. I have so many questions. <laughs> I don't know that we have the time to answer all of them. I was just thinking, <laughs> this was like Chekhov's little red flag. If you say the little red flag at the beginning of the story, it has to go off in the end. <laughs> Why was he so worried about the seaweed? Like, was it gonna pull him under? Look, seaweed's so, it's very it's discerning. It's very, like, you know it's just seaweed, but at the same time, you want nothing more than seaweed to not be on you. It's just so bad. But, like, not enough that he's getting pulled in, especially after he No, 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 but it's he just, just, it is an uncomfortable sensation. But especially after he's dealt with the trauma with flying through the air <laughs> and also seeing his death in front of his eyes. But on the flip side, you just went through that and now you still have to deal with seaweed? Like... <laughs> You've just escaped death. Could I at least not have seaweed all over me? I think the real enemy here is embarrassment in front of your friends. Yeah. Look, you, you don't want to look dumb in front of your friends. Uh, you don't have to walk back to Alonzo Morning's house and be like, hey, I might have destroyed your jet ski. <laughs> and he'll be like, jet ski? Wave runner. Wave runner? Yes. <laughs> and he'll be like, that's okay. I'll just go into the clouds and get some more because I'm a giant. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. So that's what we have for this very special LA-based edition of 3 on 3. Give it up for Aaron Stuff, everybody, for taking the Your next squad coming to the stage, Eastern Conference All-Stars. Horse! Make some noise for him. Have it up for him. You gotta work through that. Yeah, that curtain's a little spicy. Keep it going for him. There he is. What's up, nerds? It's basketball! Welcome to Horace. We're a basketball podcast that only talks about some fun, silly stuff and not the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the uh, Luke Walton getting mad at uh, Luka Doncic for getting calls from the refs, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? Hello. I'm in Los Angeles, so I can yell at whoever I want. <laughs> it's fine. It's La La Land. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. We are the Eastern Conference All-Stars because we're from New York, and yes. all of this is confusing. <laughs> I was on, yeah, do some regional uh, humor here. I got on the LA Metro, and the man on the speaker was like, you need to tap in between rides. And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then some people are like, we're trying to like learn the riding habits of people in the city. <laughs> and that's apparently why you need to tap in between. It's true. I went on the Metro, and I was surprised no one was pooping in front of me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I can't ride this unless someone is pooping right in front of me. I was like, did we get on Metro North? Oh, wow. <laughs> that was so fancy. I wore all my scarves, but I don't need them. <laughs> 
That's a basketball joke. <laughs> it's very relevant. And that's a perfect segue because that inspires our segment here. So we do a little segment on our show called Three on Three where it used to be like the three best and the three worst something. And now it's just evolved into like the three one thing and the three other thing. And we'll go head to head to try to put together the best roster. And sparked by the Raptors deciding that scarves are the most important article of clothing to wear, and Serge getting everyone matching scarves so that he could lie that OG Ananobi did not put him onto scarves, which is 100% true, because if you watch the video, OG's like, what about scarves? And then Serge does the classic, like, looks up into the right, laughs about it, like, gives two fake answers, and then says, like, I've been in the scarf game for 10 years. Like, I don't know. It feels very fishy. It's like, no, actually, I got you that scarf for Christmas. I don't know why you're trying to front just because we're on YouTube. That's not, that's not a nice thing to do. Like, I just take Team OG in this feud. But sparked by Surge getting the entire Raptor squad scarves, we decided that our 3 and 3 would be my three favorite and Eric's three favorite uh, NBA plane travel stories. Yes. Just because NBA planes have so many interesting things going on during the flights, before the flights, after the flights. So we're going to share our favorite stories. And boy, are my arms tired. Ha-ha! <laughs> That's the other joke. We flew in here. <laughs> All right, do you want to do rock, paper, scissors? Okay, yeah, first? I'm ready. All right, all right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. No, shit. Whoa. Oh, fuck. I've never won. This is the first time. You guys are ruining Look, it. Look, just like the Knicks winning, it has to happen every now and then. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew, but the Knicks... They're We're bad. bad. They're We're bad. Not, not, not particularly good at the sport we play professionally. They're bad at basketball. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay. Steve Stout's going to save us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just like Masai Ujiri, definitely going to save you. Look, we still haven't officially hired Leon, so who's <laughs> <laughs> to say? saying there's a chance. So uh, the first story that I have to share uh, is of one of our favorite players, uh, Dion Waiters. I think we're all aware of what happened to Mr. Waiters this past season, but just in case you didn't know, uh, Dion Waiters took an edible. Uh, that was good start. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit too strong for his tolerance, and apparently so strong that he had a panic attack uh, on the plane. It ended up not just being a, a bad trip, but a bad next sort of like month or so going on for Dion because he got a 10-game suspension for it, which cost him about $800,000. He missed out on his... He had like a signing bonus thing where if he played 70 games, he would have made $1.2 million. So that brought that out of contention. So he lost out on that. And then the Heat wrote a very angry letter about it. <laughs> and that's, the, that's the worst part. <laughs> that's the worst part is that Pat Riley had to be like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and Dion, who gave you the edibles? He's like, I don't know. He's like, all right, I'm going to write a letter and put it everywhere. Definitely James Johnson. Um, but I found a write about this in the Washington Post. And because it, they don't write about sports a lot, it was very like professionally written about the situation. Even in the beginning, it was like, you would think this would be a laughing matter, but it actually cost Mr. Waiters a significant sum of cash. It's like, ha no, still funny. So this is just a direct quote from the Washington Post. In an unusually stern news release, the Heat said it was, quote, very disappointed in waiters over the, quote, very scary plane incident, questioned his, quote, professionalism, and noted that, quote, there have been a number of instances this season in which Dion has engaged in conduct detrimental to the team. I mean, same. I also have engaged in conduct detrimental to the team. I have not been prepared uh, for recordings. I edited poorly. I did not take a bunch of edibles and then Pat Riley wrote about it. But that would, I think that would make me shape up if that needed to happen, definitely. Yeah, but that's that's what happened to Dion Waiters. I will say that you know now that I'm here in California where edibles are easy to purchase and we're in a state where it's not so-so, um, I know a good friend of mine who Dion. experienced for the first time last night with it. And I was surprised at how all of a sudden it happened. And I definitely freaked out for a good, like, 30 seconds. Where I was like, oh, no, it's here. Uh, and <laughs> I needed something to calm me down. So I watched NBA Phantom Cam videos, <laughs> like, where it's just, like, all in slow motion. And I was just, like, laying in my bed, like, yes, do the step back, James. <laughs> it's great. And I was so happy. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> Someone should have given Dion's really slow mo. <laughs> so like I videos. can sympathize because if I was like on a plane when that happened, I would have been like, oh no. And then your boss is there. What do you mean I have to put the tray table up? <laughs> 
Pat Riley's gonna put how many rings in front of me? That's too many. Yeah, I want to live in a world where Pat was like on the plane and saw it happen, and he's like all slick back, like Dion, not again. <laughs> and then he fl- if he flicks his suspenders and gets off the plane, throws all the rings at Dion. He's <laughs> like Dion, wake up, Dion. Uh, I'm gonna do my first one. That's yes, very please. good. Uh, mine does not involve any drugs, but it does involve Tim Duncan, who seems like he's on clonopin at all times. All right, all right, all right, all right. So this is what happened uh, when Tim Duncan almost went to the Magic. Okay. Now, uh, Tim Duncan just came off of his first championship in 2000, and he was looking around to see if he was going to play on a different team. Obviously, we know now he stayed on the Spurs forever and played Magic the Gathering whenever he wanted. Would have been perfect if he was on the Magic, though. Yeah, that would have been great. (laughs) But the reason why is that Doc Rivers had a really strong stance against having wives and girlfriends on the plane. So Tim Duncan is at dinner with Doc Rivers. Tracy McGrady was going to be one of his teammates and Grant Hill. And they're all just chatting it up. And Tim Duncan's like, I really like this meal. I'm really enjoying it. You're all going to be my best friends forever. I love you so much. This wine is delicious. It's the best Cabernet Sauvignon I've ever had. (laughs) This is so nice. I hope I get to live in Florida. Oh, my God. And (laughs) I'm feeling so many emotions right now. Has anyone gone to the bathroom? The soap smells nice. (laughs) Lavender, maybe. I don't know. So then he asked Doc Rivers if he can bring his wife on the plane just so that she can come with him whenever, I guess, whenever they have away games. And Doc took a hard line and said, no, no, you cannot do that. And I don't understand why Tim Duncan, the nicest, kindest, most placid person in the entire world, like he's going to get rowdy on the plane. Is his wife, though? I don't uh, do we wife... know anything about Mrs. Tim Duncan? I don't know anything about Mrs. Tim Duncan, but it's not like Nick Young is going to be like, hey, Doc, can Iggy Azalea ride on this plane tonight? And Doc will have to, like, lay down a stance. This isn't like you bringing in brownies to your first grade class. It's like, if you have your wife, everyone has to have their wife. <laughs> it's not like that. And then Tim Duncan didn't play for the Magic and won tons of championships on the Spurs, so Doc Rivers could have just eased his plane policy, and it would have been a totally different NBA. Imagine Grant Hill, T-Mac, and Tim Duncan just ripping it up in Orlando with Mickey and Donald. Imagine what it. What have we What have we got? Are you all thinking about it? I'm thinking about it. So the second story that I have is it's just a combination of a lot of different quotes about and a favorite card game played by NBA teams and players, and that's Bure. I don't have time to go through all the rules because this article like explained it, and it was like 85% of the article was like, okay, so if you have these particular cards, you lose lots of money. Is the summary of Bure? Can we just imagine it's like really high stakes? Go fish. I would. I mean, it's 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 like like, Michael (laughs) Jordan and his Hitler mustache is like I'm putting ten thousand dollars on a pair of twos. I would love if it was just like one of those games you played in fifth grade, like ERS, like Egyptian War or Egyptian Rats Crew or like BS or something. And it's like that, but for $400,000. Charles Barkley slams your hand so hard and be like, no, that is actually my game. So earlier in 2019, Hoops Hype wrote an article, which I didn't know they did that. But they wrote an article uh, celebrating the one-year anniversary of Adam Silver, your dad, letting... Uh, my last name is Silver. My, Adam Silver is my dad. That's the like, joke. Your, your dad letting there be betting on NBA games. So they wrote this whole big thing, and it was like, NBA players bet with each other all the time. Here are some stories. But all of the quotes are players wanting to be off the record, talking about other players off the record. So all of these quotes are just like, a player said about a player that this happened. So I just pulled all the best quotes from that. Um, the first, it says, guys bring a ton of money on the plane, an NBA player said. There would be serious $300,000 on the plane. It's wild! <laughs> Can I just assume Shaquille O'Neal is giving all yeah. these quotes? It's wild. <laughs> so this is the one named person. Gilbert Arenas did a whole thing with Hoops Hype and the Action Network. He said that when the Celtics had their big three of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and uh, Ray Allen, they would play Boo Ray on flights, and they were, quote, betting Rolls Royces on the plane. Cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's relatable to my life. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I just don't trust Kevin Garnett to fulfill that. As shown by Uncut Gems, he's just going to show up with like a sack of money and be like, this is what I owe you. This is how I win a Rolls Royce. (laughs) I'm going to bet on myself. (laughs) Anything is possible. So more quotes continue. I've seen rookies or G League call-ups play and then lose all their money in a few minutes, and then they're just really hurt the rest of the plane, another player added. It can be hard to watch. A good good relatable content. That's the relatable content. That's the relatable one. 
It usually is just the veterans playing, and the rookies will just watch, one player said. A lot of times, the games will start before the plane is even taken off. That's when the rookies are still getting food for everyone. <laughs> Which is like the ultimate like middle school. Oh, you guys already started? I'll get in on the next hand, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not even that good at GoldenEye. So, here's your uh, four milkshakes, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Trey, you need to bring your own rumble pack. I told you. Uh, here's another quote. I personally saw one NBA player lose $40,000 during the preseason before we even got our first paycheck. He was on a minimum contract, too. I was surprised he was even playing. I just love that the format of all these quotes is like, let me tell you what's happening. Exclamation about the situation I've just told you. This, this is anonymous, right? Ha, 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 ha. You don't have any money. Ha, 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 ha. Another player said, quote, if I added up how much money some of my teammates lost, it was enough to buy a Bentley. <laughs> and Not the Rolls Royce, but no, that was being bent more. before. It's the Bentley. The final quote that I have prepared about Bure is, quote, I played with one player who showed up with a big-ass bag of money, and he lost it all, one player said. It had to be a quarter of a million dollars in that bag, and he lost it. Not only did he lose all of that money, the other players gave him credit, and he lost that, too. He had to bring even more money on our team's next road trip to pay that off, too. It was a lot. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what's the worst kind of bag he could have brought this in? Because I'm envisioning either it's like a Crown Royal bag that is just bursting, with, or it's like a, uh, one that comes in tangerines. It's just like the red, the orange I, mesh. I feel like worse is like when you go to like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods and they give you two paper bags in the same thing for some reason so they like doesn't tear. And he's right. like, well, I had this extra Trader Joe's bag, so I put $250,000 <laughs> in it because I want to recycle, you know. That's very So yeah, good. that's Bure. That's very good. This high stakes go fish is wild. <laughs> it was wild. For my next one, I know this is a comedy podcast, so let's talk about generalized anxiety disorder. All right. Uh, I would love to talk about Royce White. Uh, Royce White was drafted by the Rockets back in 2012, but he actually never played for them because he got diagnosed with having generalized anxiety disorder and he didn't like going on planes. The wild thing about this is that, like, as part of his write-up for being in the draft, they said that he was uh, a mystery pick because he had, like, uh, an NBA-ready body, he had all the skills, and also, thrown in there, anxiety. <laughs> like, that was at the bottom of Mel Kuyper Jr.'s write-up about him. He's like, just so you know, he gets nervous. My player comps are Dikembe Mutombo and my wife that gets nervous on planes sometimes. <laughs> and my therapist who says everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I know this isn't a real fun thing to talk about because, you know, mental health issues. But I think it's really important to talk about Royce White that he did this back in 2012. So he, he went to the Rockets and be like, hey, you know how you're dealing with my body. You also need to deal with my mind. And then the Rockets said, ha okay. And then Royce White said, no, on a piece of paper, a doctor said, I have this. And they're like, ha you're going to play and go on planes, right? And he's like, no. And then the Rockets are like, fuck you. You're obviously doing this to us. This isn't fun anymore. So he just didn't play and he never actually got to play in the NBA. So he was standing up for mental and mental health issues long before Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan was. But, like, he's not a cool guy with cool suits that are sponsored by Banana Republic now. He plays basketball in Canada. Yeah, how much of Kevin Love being very pretty factored into his effectiveness and his message? Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's like, oh, obviously Michael Phelps, giant long man with tons of gold medals, is going to be on this Talkspace commercial. But Royce White has to, like play in Saskatoon, is which a is a real, real place. A real, that's a real one? No, Saskatoon okay. is a real place. So I think it's important just to talk about Royce White and how important he is as a progenitor in talking about mental health issues. And now we can go back to the jokes. Wonderful. Shout out to Royce White. Every time I read something from Royce Young, who's the beat writer for The Thunder, I'm like, he's right? Oh, different Royce. <laughs> then there's Rolls Royce. Different, 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 different Royce. Also different, yeah. They were not betting Royce Whites on the plane. <laughs> That would have been a little more relatable. <laughs> so the last story that I have, I wanted to end these on a happy note. It's, uh, it's a tale about Joe Ingles, noted, uh, noted Australian in the league. There were a bunch of articles happening about this in 2017 because notably Joe Ingles was on the Clippers and then he got cut. Um, at, but then in 2017, the Jazz beat the Clippers and Joe Ingles was very integral in that upset. Uh, and there were just a lot of articles that were like, haha, remember that time the Clippers cut Joe Ingles? What a bunch of goons. Uh, so they... <laughs> 
interview. He's not him. a real person. He's just a guy whose last name is Ingalls. So <laughs> we can talk about him and say Jingles mm-hmm. if we combine his first and last name. So he had a couple of interviews about this situation and described how he was cut. It was in tragic fashion. So it was late October of 2014. He finished the last preseason game with the Clippers, and he was going to be visited in Los Angeles by his wife, Renee, who lived in Australia still. She took a flight from Australia to L.A. to see him play. And the quote that he said was, quote, uh, I was on the team when she took off, and then she got to the airport, and I wasn't. It was pretty disappointing. (laughs) It was wild. (laughs) Yeah, it was wild. But it's okay, because then right after, he got picked up by the Jazz pretty soon after, and then he was on the Low Post recently, and he was detailing this, and he said that he had to Google where Salt Lake City was, because he was like, I was in the airport, and I knew I had to go I knew I had to go somewhere, but I didn't know in what direction my plane was flying. It's okay. And then everyone in Salt Lake City said, we had to Google where you're from, Australia. <laughs> but it's okay, because Joe Ingles went on to have a solid career with the Jazz, and he's still doing well, and now he trash talks people all of the time, and it's fantastic. And we have Joe Ingles, and I think he should be on every podcast i would love that he's very fantastic every joe ingles come on our podcast come on through and that's uh, joe ingles Joe. Uh, all right, well, I have my final story. Yes. And it's so wonderful that you brought up Kevin Garnett because I feel like he comes up in like 33% of our stories because he is just a wild person. He's a right. neutron star, yeah. really. Uh, and this is a story about how Kevin Garnett doesn't want you to arm wrestle him ever, mm-hmm. on a plane especially. <laughs> so here's a story that Brian Scalabrini told Fox Sports because they just don't have anything better to do. So let's get this pale white man to come over and tell war stories. Somehow, in 2012, we were going around and everyone was having arm wrestling contests. You know, sports. <laughs> Thank you for the people in the front who laughed really hard at that. And Glenn Big Baby Davis was crushing everybody. High point of Big Baby Davis's career. Um, and one by one, whoever took on Big Baby Davis, they lost. So until we got on the plane. 35,000. Wait, so these, these original ones are not happening in the plane. So I think they were doing it at practice, and they're okay. like, oh, we got to fly somewhere, and then they all got on the plane. <laughs> What's fun about having arm wrestling is, like, you need a particular table to make it work. It's not like an easy, it's not just like, hey, let's arm wrestle real quick. It's like, let's arm wrestle. All right, we need to find a proper table that is, like, the right height, and, like, there's enough room on each side. They were sending the trainers to run in and out and get the right, and get the right table. But obviously, it's appropriate. Let's go on a plane and start arm wrestling. Of course. So 35,000 feet in the air, Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. challenges Big Baby. It's like, I can only do this if he can't escape. Ha-ha! <laughs> So they sit down, and we're all thinking, KG's done. There's no way. And on the go, no one moves. And Big Baby's trying his hardest, and Kevin says, I'm not moving! (laughs) And there's a little bit of profanity in there, so I'm sure it's, I'm not fucking moving, you (laughs) bitch! Sounds about right. About a minute and 30 goes by. (laughs) Of just stalemating. Of just them stalemating each other and staring at each other and sweating. I'm sure there's tons of sweat. They need to film this and make it the sequel to that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, or is it Stallone? Is it the Stallone? Sorry, the Stallone armor. It's all the same. You know it's the same. Jeez. It might as well be the same. I didn't know we had all the Stallone hive in attendance. Is they shut us fucking the- idiot. <laughs> They've got Rocky Five wasn't that bad tattooed on their chests. <laughs> Tommy the Machine Gun. Was that, is that real? That's who the villain in Rocky Five is. All right, let's talk about this after the show. Uh, about a minute and 30 goes by, and they're just staring at each other. Big Baby's shoulder starts to fatigue out. I don't want to know what that looks like, but thank you for putting that in my brain, Brian Scalabrini. And Kevin Garnett just starts going and going and slams Big Baby down on the table for the win. So wow. KG wins. I know he's just slamming his arm down, but I like to think that at one point he gets fed up, picks him fully up <laughs> on a plane, and just slams him down <laughs> on the ground. But of course, there's an amazing quote, and I feel like I need to stand. All right. He gets up and with a lot of profanity screams, I'm the alpha male in this thing! <laughs> I'm the alpha dog in here! Her, her. <laughs> Wait, does, does it say bark noises? No, it doesn't. Okay. Just, sorry, DMX was <laughs> flowing through me. That's on me. Don't you guys ever forget it. Ah, anything is possible. And that's Pretty what happened bad. on the plane with Kevin Garnett. Yeah, so that Ha-ha. is the three best and the three also best NBA plane stories. So I like that. Thank you for sharing. Thank Hopefully you so you much for sharing. Thanks for being here, for being a part of it. Thanks for our Airbuds for putting this on and everyone here. Thank and we're going to go watch. Now, we're going to go watch Rocky the show. In the back. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campamanas, and the website is by Kelly Schubert. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Cody Powell, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge. I work with Eric's dad. Shooby Dooby Doo. I am Adam Silver. Godzilla got busy. Watcher Vandermaiden, Matt on the Heising, so slam chop Steph Curry for three. Siobhan Ellsbury, Kendra Hadley, he sells, she sells, Eileen Gazesh. Uh, and- you said she sells. <laughs> oh my god. Eileen Gazesh <laughs> and Catherine Lee. You can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook and Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter because as every, every single episode, it's because Horse Hoops is run by Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan had it eliminated. Oh, good. I thought it was for cards, but I'm glad it's Bulls drama instead. <laughs> our website is horsehoops.com, which has all of our research and the visual stuff you didn't see because this is a podcast. And if you want some sweet bonus content, such as us turning three on threes into five on fives, bonus audio, access to the jerseys, which are finally being ordered. We have the official design up on the Patreon now. Very excited to make those a real thing. Stickers and more. You can go over to patreon.com slash horse hoops. And we are part of Multitude, which is a podcast collective and studio where we make podcasts about what we love for the people who love to listen to them. And we have a new show coming out from, uh, I guess there's a third Michael Schubert now. There is, yes. There's a third. It's a very common German name, so there are three of us. So Mike Schubert from Potterless, Mike Schubert from Horse, and now Mike Schubert from Meddling Adults. Yeah, just a real stand-up guy over there making this new show, Meddling Adults, where he hosts and has guests compete going head-to-head to try to solve children's mysteries from the likes of Encyclopedia Brown, Scooby-Doo, Nancy Drew, etc. Eric Silver, who you might know from Horse and also from uh, Join the Party, he is one of the guests in the first couple of episodes, so that's very fun. But yeah, as you listen to this, the show might be live, the trailer is for sure live, and the podcast episode one drops on May 13th. I am excited, I'm also nervous, I hope people listen to it, so you can go check that out. Just search Meddling Adults on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Meddling Adults. As the Eric Silver who is not on Meddling Adults, I can say mm-hmm. it was really good. Good. I'm glad. So as we round out every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I feel like we should just do a bird call since Sue Bird made it into episode six of The Last Dance. So I feel like we just give out a good like bird coup on the count of three. I'll, I'm fine with that. I'll add... A bird man in underneath so we can, we can be a part of it. Wonderful, wonderful. So, one, two, three. I was so upset and I put this on the Instagram because the way I was watching it was on my laptop and Sue Bird showed up as one of the things and they intersected a dynamic ad right after she said hi <laughs> and I thought that I wasn't going to get any Sue Bird content but then thankfully after the two commercials ran the rest of her clip was played. I hate it when Sue Bird is on a freemium model. It's just not not the way I want to get my Sue Bird. Look, I'll pay extra to get uninterrupted Sue Bird but don't give me ads in between my Sue Bird content. Why do I have to buy diamonds in order to exchange it for Sue Bird. That doesn't make any sense. I just want to pay full price for the Sue Bird downloadable content. (laughs) 